So welcome to Events Heist, the podcast about post-COVID events and the poor event managers that have to work in it. Today, we're playing with Harry and Helen. Helen, could you kick off by introducing yourself with your name, title, and company? Sure. Hi, I'm Helen McGlade. I currently work at uh, AMP as the head of events for customer experience. I've been in events for 20 plus years, which probably shows off my age a little bit. Awesome. Harry, over to you. Yep. Um, so my name is Harry Whelan and I actually um, have been in events for over a decade and in the last recent few years I've moved in and shifted into change management. So I work as a change management consultant and I work on different contracts with different organisations and businesses. So yeah. So let me firstly explain how the game works. You'll both be starting at the helicopter on the game board and the aim of this game is to get to the mint. Snakes and ladders board and I think it's appropriate for events because it's two steps forward and ten steps back. If you land on an open manhole, you'll move back down the board and then ladders let you jump ahead. So pretty straightforward. Helen, how many events have you run in your professional career? Wow. So approximately 120 a year times 20. What's that? I don't even know what that is. Over. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) How bad is my math? A lot more than these knobs on the boards. All right, Harry, over to you. It's your turn. So let's uh, roll the dice. You've rolled a you've rolled a four. I'll ask you the same question, Harry. How many mm-hmm. events would you estimate you run in your professional career? Yeah, it's insane because I guess you kind of break them down, you know, to kind of small kind of medium to mass kind of events. So, I mean, if I look at kind of, you know, collectively, you know, all of those different events that I've kind of pulled together, God, I would say confidently over 500 plus events, anything from like a sit down dinner for 10 people all the way up to a 5,000 packs Christmas party, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, so quite a few. (laughs) All right, Helen, your turn. You've rolled a one and you're going up the ladder. (laughs) Tell us about the biggest event you've organised. I'm going to say something like a trade show for Cybos. So was fortunate enough to run the one in Geneva a few years ago and then that's about over 20,000 people or so, but we, we build the stand around that working global hours, working from Sydney, flying to Geneva for that. And then the following year it was in Toronto and then in Australia a couple of years ago. So did a few of those, really love them. Awesome. So Harry, it's your turn. You've rolled a four. So your question is, tell me about the first event you ever organized. It doesn't have to be professional. It could be as a a kid, it could be anything you want. Okay, well, look, I'll probably, I'll I'll reflect on one of the the most memorable ones because I think it's quite funny. So one of my first events jobs was working for a small boutique agency. And I remember sitting in my first team meeting and then going around in the meetings talking about who's got which account and things like that. And I was really new and kind of, you know, sitting up tight and like, you know, really nervous. And they said to me, Harry, like you've got the Ducati account. And everybody's like, wow, like that's so cool. You got the Ducati account. And I'm thinking, yeah, cool, like awesome. And in the back of my mind, I had no idea what Ducati was. 
<laughs> and so one of the, the first events, I guess, kind of that I worked on in, in my career was working on the Ducati Turismo where I took 350 oh. motorcyclists. What was it from Glenelg to Renmark? You know, and that was just phenomenal working with those guys and Alfa Romeo. So that was probably one of the highlights, but also very funny, the fact that I had no idea what Ducati meant. All right, Helen, you've rolled a one or sorry, a six. What's with the ones? <laughs> no, no, you rolled a six. You're moving ahead, moving up the what? board. This is great. Have you ever met any celebrities on the job? And, and oh. by the way, this is a good time to introduce Lifeline. So if you get a question you don't have a good answer for, you can Lifeline. That means you defer the question to the other player. They get to move up to your spot and then you get another turn. So it's a, it's a collaborative game here. The goal is to get both, uh, both of you up to the top of the game board. Uh, when I did an event in London, we ended up going to one of those famous bars. And what are the, I can never remember their names, the one that was really the two brothers. One was always the nice one. One hate, you hated the other one. They were English, English pop band, Oasis. Oh, that's it, Oasis. Helen goes and introduces herself to say, hi, I'm from Australia. And obviously some prime ministers when we worked in Malaysia. So I think they're pretty VIP. Okay, Harry, over to you. You've rolled a one. What is your favourite post-event junk food or drink? Crust meat lovers pizza mm. <laughs> with a Coke Zero and also a double quarter pound of burger from Macca's. That's what you need after an event though, <laughs> you need. I, I just have whiskey straight up. That's, and can that's I point mine. out, it might not have been post-event as well. It could have been throughout. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Helen, uh, you rolled a three. And uh, you are going down the manhole. There we go. Wow, go. just like that. Story of my life. Look at that. Just like that. <laughs> How did you get into events? Let's, let's go there. I, do you know, I actually remember this conversation. I was walking, working in a law firm and a friend of mine said, I need an events manager. And I thought, what's that? And I went, hey, you need to be organised and you run events and you travel. And I thought, I can do that. <laughs> That was the start of my journey and it was a lot of organisation. I think people really think that events are this glamorous lifestyle where you jump on a plane and it's first class and you get treated like a queen when in actual fact you pack the boxes, you work the long hours, you don't do it for love. I've always, I've always said it's a sick love. Events are like this sick love. You, you love to hate them but you wouldn't do anything else. All right, so over to you, Harry. You wrote a one. Okay, what do you love or hate the most about events? Well, I love probably being creative. That's really important to me in, in any role that I do, but especially when kind of you're building concepts and ideas for events and putting proposals together. What do I least hate? Probably the fact that like, you know, when you're kind of on site and you just can't let go of it and you don't want to go home, you're almost like you're, you're so addicted to it, you're like, you can't even leave like you just kind of you know there's sleepless nights and the crazy hours that you work but it's so funny because I also think of that and I go that also drives me as much as I hate not kind of working off any sleep <laughs> it also drives me as well okay Helen over to you you've rolled a three all right so I'm gonna ask you the same question what was the first event you ever organized um I would say then a birthday party no I as that is it would have been a birthday party where you kind of realized not control freak but you wanted to take 
organize the serviettes and you wanted to organize pink pink paper plates that match the pink hats and a piñata and I think you just got into it from there and it was just it's in you this organization this love for taking control of every little aspect and detail of something so very early stages and I would have still been at school back then so I would say birthday party all right over to you Ari you wrote a six yeah we might have to go into speed round soon because otherwise we'll be here all day okay so uh Harry you've you've actually transitioned from events into change management mm-hmm. tell us a bit about what that was like especially right now with COVID a lot of event managers uh, deciding do they do they shift across mm-hmm. do they stay in events so t- tell us a bit about that I think one thing that I just wanted to start with saying is the fact that skills um, experience and the capabilities and the knowledge that you have is is transferable across so many different things and it's it's really funny because you know change management god if you would have asked me that five years ago I would have said what is change management but the, the crazy thing is is that over the course of the time that I've worked in both events and obviously over the, the past few years for the different companies that I've worked for we've we always kind of do it like it's kind of funny but yeah and so I guess for me doing that transition was a bit of a a massive jump for me because obviously working in you know quite a a senior role and you know working on some big events to then obviously shift across into a new industry being thin services and then also into this culture change role where you're driving a culture of customer centricity and you've got the customer kind of forefront in what you're doing and I think for me I was just you know, I just loved the fact that I was able to take everything that I had learned in in my events kind of roles and experience and transfer that across. And there's certainly been some learnings, but not to the point that I'd go, oh God, I have to go and do a whole course in change management. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the thing that I love about events people is that we learn on the job. A lot of us have learned on the job. And I think that, you know, I've just been fortunate that I've been given these positions that I've worked in since leaving events to really hone in and and learn new skills, as well as kind of, you know, working on some of the things that I was reflecting on some of the things that I've done in the past. So yeah, it's, it's just awesome. The fact that we can transfer our skills. And I think that, you know, anybody that's in the industry that knows, uh, you know, that is, that is in the same situation that I found myself in where I've shifted, it can be done, which is, you know, awesome. So I think don't narrow yourself down to just working in events because there's so many other things that you can also work in, but you can also go back. Like I will probably also go back into events because I love the industry and I'm really passionate about it. So, but for the time being, this is what I'm doing and I'm loving and enjoying and also upskilling at the same time. Okay, Helen, so we're in a speed round now. We're doing uh, double dice. Helen, you've rolled a four. (laughs) And your question is, describe the moment to me when you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down, That, that, that second when it dropped. Yeah, actually, we were at AIM last year. I believe that was in March and there were discussions. So there was still a big event happening in Melbourne. And it, it, it was horrible. There was there was a, oh, no, there was a, an, an Asian lady just sitting on this bus and no one was around her. No one was sitting next to her. And I said, oh, is this seat taken? She's like, no one will sit next to me. And I thought, oh, why? And she's like, COVID. And I went, right. And she's like, but people don't realise I've been in the Northern Territory for three months. And I think it just dawned on me after this big event in AIM that it was serious. It, we went back and it was this event that we were meant to put on in Japan and we kept planning for it up until May and then tables turned. 
it was, but for me, the, that turning point was in March and I thought this is serious. Um, even though it had been around, it hadn't been really discussed in the events industry and our event had to literally a uh, face-to-face person, three and a half thousand sort of in-person event at our offices had to pivot, learn different platforms, educate ourselves, rebrief, retrain all our speakers, reprogram everything in six weeks. And we realised, yeah, this is this is going to be here for a little while. Okay, over to you, Harry. You've rolled a five. Okay, so uh, what is, tell me a bit about the, because you worked on agency side as well. Mm-hmm. What industries have you done events for and what was your favourite? Ah, oh, God, I worked, yeah. So when I worked agency, I was there for about two years. I worked for government. I worked for agriculture. I worked for quite a few different industries. I was lucky in a sense that I kind of fell into special events. And so I guess I kind of, that's how I started to gather, I, I guess, kind of find my niche in working in that. Because something that people don't know about me is that I actually studied interior design and decoration. So that was one of the first things I studied. So for me, kind of working in like an agency environment and also being given the special events kind of portfolio it was just awesome so yeah and like I said I've worked for a lot of different industries and yeah okay so Helen you wrote a six do you have any what's your favorite uh funny crazy event story Right. I worked for in, in the uh, wedding industry for about six, uh, maybe eight years, uh, very high-end, 500,000 kind of weddings. And the bride had the bride had me come with her to the bathroom and then she needed some assistance and they wear the big fluffy dresses. And when she had about 16 bridesmaids and then she actually said, no, I actually need help wiping my bottom. And I thought, and then you let me just get one of your bridesmaids. And I thought, I think I'm done. I think this is it. I'm, I'm going to leave the wedding industry. 16 bridesmaids, go and get, uh, let me go get one of them for you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it takes, you know, um, what, what's that saying? Um, you know, getting your hands dirty. So yeah, oh, that, that's, God. That's, that's literally. <laughs> yeah. I know. Awesome. I know. Oh, that is a great story. That, that's phenomenal. All right, over to you, Harry. Uh, you rolled a five, and I think you're going up the ladder. Awesome. All right, so, uh, Harry, tell me about your favourite. If you, if you could pick any venue in the world, in the past, the future, it doesn't really matter. There's just any venue. What's your fantasy venue for an event that you'd run? You know, one thing that I always wanted to do is a special events and, like, a destination um, venue and uh, it's really hard because there's so many different, I guess, kind of spaces that have inspired me. But I think for me, I'd love to be able to have gone to Indonesia and one of those and go and literally take over a full island and create an experience. But yeah, certainly like a, I think a destination event like, like that on a private island would just be awesome to be able to take over. All right, over to you, Helen. You wrote a four. How did you find the switch to virtual during COVID? Depressing. Mm-hmm. Look, we we had we literally had six weeks from, like I said, 425 companies that came through our doors, three and a half thousand people, 120 events in a week and a half, executive dinners, breakfast, you know, keynotes, lunches. We did it all, and then we had to switch to to digital in six weeks, and it was really hard to 
obviously explain to the speakers and then recontract them. But it was more the, like I said, it's that face-to-face. The rush you get when you finish an event, you're so exhausted, you can't even put a glass of champagne in your mouth. You do, but you still struggle. (laughs) Um, And it's that exhaustion. And it's just a different exhaustion. It's learning digital. It's retraining, healing yourself. And that's mentally exhausting. So that transition, because... A lot of the suppliers that we found um, and platforms were in the US and the UK. So we had to do a lot of demos at 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning and then do your normal job during the day and 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 obviously educate the team. So, yeah, it was it was exhausting mentally. Okay, Evie, Harry, you rolled a six. Okay, do you have any uh, crazy or funny event stories? Um... Well, remember, you can always lifeline. So it's if, you, if it doesn't come to you, you can defer. I'm sure Helen's got a ton up her sleeve. <laughs> sure. Was oh, you got oh, a lifeline. All right, there, there you go. You go. Right. There's a lifeline. Okay, you've answered that already. So let me ask you mm-hmm. a different one. If you could have an events pet, a pet that, that that's next to you the whole time during an event, what would your events pet be? <laughs> Oh, I've got a, I've got a thing for giraffes. I love giraffes. They wouldn't even fit on the camera, but no. <laughs> it would be a giraffe. Now it is back to you, Harry. So you've rolled uh, six. Tell me about the most stressful event you've ever organised. Mm. Okay, so <clears throat> I had just come back from London, living in London, and I was also promoted into a more senior role and I was given one of the biggest events I guess that I had worked on at that point in time in my career which was the Optus Christmas party <laughs> which everybody will know is a massive beast of an event and it was one of the biggest events that I had worked on in my career and led and I can remember sitting in the stakeholder meetings and just our own internal stakeholders, there's over 30 people, do you know what I mean? So, you know, and I just love the fact that, you know, again, when that drive comes in and that rush comes in, you know, like we delivered a pretty phenomenal event. And I think that was done at the Argyle where we literally took over the whole Argyle exchange and, you know, literally built out a full uh, kind of international festival where people arrived and they had a boarding pass and they arrived at different gates. Mm. So we obviously could help with flow and things like that. that. That would probably go into that category. So yeah, but awesome event, super fun. Okay, over to you, Helen. You wrote a five. Cool. What's your emergency kit during events? You learn the hard way when you actually have to work those 12, 13 hours without food. So there's a staple little box and there are those muesli bars that you must have in there. Mm. You must have, I know this sounds, an emergency nail polish. You must have your normal stationary kit. You must have your clicker for a third presentations. But those absolute staples of those muesli bars that are full of sugar that you've got no food for 12, 14 hours, everything's shut and you have to have those in there as well as a few of those AV things that sure fall into place and are necessary. Okay, Harry, you wrote a two. Oh. So, Harry, uh, favourite speaker, dead or alive? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to lifeline that because I think this is kind of Helen's bread and butter. This is your bread and butter, Helen. Um, This is probably like you've done a lot of these events, so I'm going to 
I'm going to throw this over to you. I think you've got some good speakers that you've worked for. I've got some amazing speakers that we were able to um, to have on Amplify. And some of the ones that really stick out are Mark Bonchek uh, from Shift Thinking, Chris Hadfield, the astronaut from Canada, um, Harry Whelan, Heather McGowan, who recently spoke about on the future of work, and Ramez Nam, just the future of energy, to name a couple. Amazing, amazing speakers. And I'm going to throw in there an MC also because he is absolutely phenomenal, Adam Spencer. Uh, back to you, Harry. You've rolled a 10. Oh, you might even finish. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's you've outrageous. Bounced, you've, no, you've bounced back now. You Boy. have to get the... Yeah, that's how, that's how it works in Snakes and Ladders. You've got to get exact roll to get to the end. Okay, what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten at an event? Probably, I think it was like an eel sushi. And it's just, I can't, like, I just, not for me. I mean, I love sushi. And I think had they not told me, <laughs> I probably would have eaten it. But unfortunately, I found out that it was eel and it kind of got in my head. And so, yeah, no. Not for me. Eel not- at an event you will not find on my menu. Okay, Helen, over to you. You've rolled a five. All right. So have you uh, read anything recently that you'd, you'd share with other event professionals? It's a really good book and it's called Indistractable by Nirial. Actually, he was another amazing speaker. Um, it talks about just different distractions and uh, it's, it's a fabulous book. I won't give it all away, but I remember taking it away with me to Vietnam, not last year, the year before. I know that's not the latest book, but it was, I remember it making a huge impact um, on me. So Nirial, N-I-R-E-Y-A-L, called Indistractable. Yellow cover, fabulous book. Okay, Harry, you rolled two, so you've made it to the end. Did I win? Yes, yes. So last question, what do you think <laughs> the future of event of the event industry will look like? I think, you know, when we reflect on kind of COVID and the the landscape of the events industry as it is now, I think that it's going to be a lot more kind of online digital. And I think that, you know, I think the great thing is, is that people can now be really creative around how you can create those engaging experiences and bringing people together even though it's not physical. And I think that we'll probably find a lot of diversity around, like I said, eventually I do think that we'll obviously face-to-face events will come back together again. But, you know, I think that there'll also be a lot more um, experiences that are put in proposals, you know, to clients that will be, you know, reflective of these kind of online experiences. Because I also think about it from a kind of budgetary cost perspective, you know, there must be some phenomenal savings for businesses to run events Mm -hmm. like this. But also it's being done differently. It's not just your, I guess, kind of standard online conference. Like people are now kind of doing things differently and finding new ways of how they can interact and engage their audiences. So I'm really excited for, for, I guess, kind of what's to come. And I know that Helen, you know, has, has done some amazing work with Amplify with bringing people together, you know, through digital platforms. So like I said, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that the future of events is that we will, it will always exist. You know, people need events because it brings people together, it brings us together. And, you know, and those experiences that we create for people are, you know, bespoke, they're unique. And yeah, I think that the future of events is is still there. I just think that there'll be more of a, I guess, a balance between, you know, the face-to-face and the online digital stuff. All right. So uh, since you've reached the end, Harry, we're going to move Helen up next mm-hmm. to you. And so the last question to you, Helen same thing. What do you see as the future looking like for uh, the events industry? 
Yeah, I, I think definitely hybrid. It, there's going to be a mad rush for face-to-face, I think, when COVID lifts for a while, but also identifying that budget. I, I think mm. people and organisations have definitely understood that there is 100% no need to put the money where we've spent. So there'll be a, a good combination, a good balance of digital. And, and, it's, and it's a great way to be where you can actually connect with someone overseas without the cost of a flight and accommodation and their time for the whole week when um, it could actually just be in turn an hour online. So mm. hybrid. But I definitely think at some point once we need to become more COVID safe regardless of what happens. So, you know, when the next event happens, making sure that all those COVID restrictions, everything is put into place for your event. There'll be a mad rush for face-to-face, I, I could promise you. Everyone will be doing these large events, but just making sure it's COVID safe at first. Hybrid is definitely the future. So thanks so much for your time. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on the show. This is the first time we've had two people that already knew each other. So it, it was great to get the, uh, the interaction and the banter. And <laughs> I enjoyed it. 